All right, everybody, welcome to Full Send Sports. Got an interview here with uh, 105 Pro, uh, Mike O'Connor. Thanks for joining me today, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I I'd mentioned to you before I started the show that I had an opportunity to see you compete at Clash of the Coast last year, uh, top 10, and, yep. uh, you know, really impressive, of course. And to put that in perspective for a lot of my listeners, you're a guy that benches – or, excuse me, benches – deadlifts well over 750 pounds – your guy that overhead presses 400 pounds. If that doesn't tell you how tough the 105 class is for a guy with your stature to make the top 10, yeah. uh, it's, it's crazy to me, man. It just it continues to blow my mind. Yeah, our class is incredibly deep. It's, it's amazing. It's it's awesome to be a part of, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I bet it is. I mean, it really is the talk of the town. You know, the 105 class. Uh, I mean, lo long before Clash came out, but certainly uh, it's lent now to the the lore of this 105 class and you see a lot of guys kind of getting excited about it now dropping down from that heavyweight yeah. class you know which i think is really cool yeah yeah it's created a lot of opportunities for all of us including people who were maybe kind of on the cusp uh and competed heavyweight but now they're seeing the opportunity that that clash is giving the 105 guys and then they're dropping down and so yeah it, it's given a lot of opportunities to everybody the people coming up from 90 kilogram class too um so yeah it's what Anthony has done is uh, really given us an opportunity and shined a light on us as a class. Yeah, and rightfully so. I mean, listen, you're still bigger than the average man, but athletically, I mean, you're you're bringing a whole different sort of package to what the strongman, uh, I guess, the sport represents. For years and years, we always associated with you know these giants, these bigger than life characters, which we still do and admire and respect and all that stuff, but. Yeah. But when we look at your class in particular, and you in particular, I mean, you're uber athletic. I mean, you're, you're carrying minimal body fat. I'm sure that if there is any cut for you going in the show, it's minimal. I mean, you're, you're generally uh, walking around at probably less than 10% body fat. So you've brought a different sort of uh, a body type into the sport as well and kind of representing on a different athletic uh, sort of platform. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'd almost say, I mean, it's almost a different sport. I mean, we're competing in the same types of events, but the way that we approach those events, the the way that we perform, um, it's it's a lot different than the heavyweights. It's a lot more speed and athleticism. Um, it's incredibly important in the 105 class to be fast and athletic and strong. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a contrast to, to those heavier guys. And I think that I think that lends to the viewing experience too. It, it, it offered something differ, uh, different to the audience. Yeah, I would agree. It's a little faster moving. I mean, you don't, you don't tend to fall, fall asleep on these events maybe yeah. as we did in the past because they take so long to kind of get to, but that's kind of the, the forte of clash as well is, is they produced a show now that requires not only to be strong and athletic, but boy, you, you, you certainly better have some cardiovascular to be able to get through these events because they're getting done in under two and a half hours, which is quite frankly, it's amazing when you guys were prepping for each event or in transitioning between events last year at clash. I mean, it was like literally like a choreographed, you know, like a production of like Broadway or something. It was nuts. Yeah. I just, there were a few times that I just laughed. I would complete an event. I'd go sit down for a second to just take my knee sleeves off or whatever, just to sit down for a second. And two minutes later, our, our heat manager is coming up saying, all right, you're up in two minutes, you're up in five minutes. And I, you just have to laugh to yourself because it was, it, uh, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, well, it certainly think makes things all even, right? I mean, we all yeah. play on a level playing field when everybody has to move through it the same way, but was it, was it difficult for you coming from your background 
in the sport to make that transition to a faster moving shell? Was there a learning curve there for you a bit? Um, I don't think so. I, I, I've, I've been fairly uh, well conditioned. And so I, I think that, uh, I think I had somewhat of an advantage there going into it, but also we knew it was going to be faster moving. Um, and so training days, we would structure kind of similar to the pace that, that the show was going to be limited rest, uh, just moving through events very quickly, um, on event days on Saturdays, we'd try to train five, six events over the course of two, two and a half hours. And so gotcha. we'd get ourselves conditioned to that. Yeah. You know, it's funny when you kind of look back and the way things, I mean, you know, you've been in the sport a while and, and I have too, when you look back kind of the old school methodology of those training Saturdays, shit, they last seven, eight hours sometimes, you know, right. Right. <laughs> 30 minutes between a stone load, but yeah, not anymore. It certainly yeah. changed the game. Um, yeah. You won, you won the, did you win the Cumberland last year? I did. Yeah. That was your qualifier, right. To get in the clash of the coast it in, was. in April. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and this so this show this year was this kind of just pegged on your your calendar. Then is this the one you thought you qualify? Because I know Anthony kind of changed the rules a little bit. Uh, you know, in top ten were having to requalify. Right. Do you like that? Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't mind having an invite back because sure. uh, sure. I have a pretty packed contest calendar as it is. I'm competing again in in four weeks in Paris, and then another I think five weeks after that at OSG. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, I was actually originally planning on going back to Nashville and doing Clash on the Cumberland again this year, but I was I was feeling ready um, and I wanted to just get the qualification out of the way. Gotcha. Uh, so I decided to jump into Waco. Yeah, yeah, and I would put you as kind of one one of the odds on favorites there. I know you guys are all pretty humble and don't like to hear that, but I'll say it if you won't say it. I mean, you seem to be kind of poised to get just get in, get the job done. I know you got that big thing coming up in Paris with Wuss which I, yeah. I think is awesome. And, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, yeah, it, 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 I think it lends to this. I, that's one of the great things about this sport, right? I mean, the idea that it's a qualifier and it's not just a invitational qualifier like WSM, it's an actual qualifier where right. everybody plays on the same field, starting all over again every year to get to that one place. And of course that's clash on the coast. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm confident, but it's still, it's a, it's, it's a lot of pressure. Only top three guys make it. There's a lot of good one of fives out there. Um, I don't know everybody that's on the roster for, for Waco, but I know Richie's great. Uh, Nate Bowling's great. So yeah. it's, it's going to be a battle. Um, but not to say that I'm coming into this fully confident and I, I can't give a prediction, but I have trained in a way that I expect myself to win that if, if I perform at my best, then I expect myself to win it. I, I wouldn't be going there if I didn't think that I could win. No, no. And, and knowing your backstory a little bit, uh, yeah, you're one of those guys that consummate professional at what you do and, and at your level of performance for sure. Yeah, that your reputation precedes you in that respect. What what event are you looking forward to the most in this particular show? I think probably the log ladder. Um, that, that's the one that I kind of set my eyes on. Um, originally, I set a goal for myself to complete all four logs. That's if I were going to take the time and, and wait until Clash on the Cumberland. But just watching the performance of uh, some of the other guys, I think hitting the first three logs in the ladder fast um, is what's going to be important. And uh, yeah, that, that's the one that I'm, I'm looking forward to. They're all they're all good events. Uh, that that final event, the stone over bar, where you kind of yeah, hop in and out, that, that, that's always fun too. So yeah, you remember that? Uh, that probably haunts you still from last year a little bit. I'll. I'll that that's a grinder man yeah it was tough i when i went for a clash on the coast in april um i had 
strained my hip flexor about, I don't know, I think like three or four weeks out. And so by the time I got to that, that final event, my hip was just giving me a lot of trouble. And so I'm, I was kind of disappointed in my performance there. I know that I'll, I'll do a lot better uh, this weekend. Yeah, it's kind of good knowing that sometimes coming off an injury where you perform somewhere relatively well and say, okay, if I can get into something injury free, watch out, you know, here I come. And, yeah. you know, I think that stone over bar, that last man standing stone, it, it should just be mandatory in like every event, man. It's, it's yeah, so much cool. fun to spectate. And, and yeah. the great thing about that one is I think we, all, everybody could agree. You're, you're not leaving anything on the table. I mean, you're not guessing where another guy may or may not be. We witnessed that in clash on the coast last year, some amazing runs like, you know, Bob, I yeah. mean, just, just some things we saw out there. It was kind of blows your mind. So you're not sleeping on that event at all. Oh, absolutely not. No. Yeah. And, and likely falling backwards by the time you load that last stone. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No doubt about it. So let's talk about this uh, WUS event coming up too. I, I'd like to. I, I know I saw that you are were invited to that. That's got to be pretty exciting. Have you traveled overseas much? I, I haven't. I've actually never been to Europe before, and I haven't competed internationally at all. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Um, a lot of good international guys competing. I know McKeegan um, is going to be there competing, so it'll be good to see him oh, again. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. I, I think uh, being able to have some of this crossover, like we're getting in that that world's ultimate strongman. Now, I was talking to Tyler Davis as well. He's going out there for that. I know there's a pretty decent contingency of Americans going out there for that, huh? Yeah, I think there's a. Uh, I think there's four or five of us. I know Johnny. Johnny's going to compete in Masters 105. Um, Tyler Davis uh, and yeah, a couple others. So there's yeah. a handful of us. Yeah, that's really cool. And I I think you know having this this overseas contingency like we're bringing over there. We're starting to see more of that, of course, in what we saw in Clash kind of with these 105ers coming over last year. Yeah. I, it looks like this year, because Luke's throwing that big show out there for that qualifier in December, I think it is, which might be the second to last qualifier for Clash, if I'm not mistaken. That's really going to open the floodgates for a whole wealth of talent to kind of come from overseas, although we saw it last year at Clash but because it was kind of that off sort of uh, yeah. year. Well, you, are you expecting something really special this year at Clash on the Coast? Yeah, I think it'll round out. We'll, we'll see better international representation this year, which I think is what's going to really kind of complete it. Like, I, I think Clash has already kind of looked at as the pinnacle or really like up there with, with a couple of those others as far as the top 105 shows. Um, but having more international representation, I think, is going to kind of put it over the top. And, yeah, and that's and certainly now the way we're able to spectate these things on ADL and you know, uh, then these other, obviously ESPN getting involved with Clash on the Coast. I mean, yeah, man, to open this up globally, especially for the 105s, it gets you excited about all the other classes too. You know, I find myself talking 105, 105, like it's in my sleep, but, you know, it, they're kind of leading the way, but now we're seeing yeah. the 80s and 90s, that women, these last couple of women's shows went really, really well in some big venues and some high profile type places. Um, yeah, are we seeing the, the tide turn here for Strongman, Mike? Is it, I is think, it, I think so. I mean, it, it's grown incredibly in the, in the, what, four, four and a half years I've been in the sport. Um, so yeah, it, it does look like things are changing just based on like what I know of the sport when I, before I came into it, when I, when I came into it, where it, it's at now, um, it's, it's night and day. Yeah. I guess if you look back less than four or five years, you're right. I mean, I think we've changed more in that time than we did the previous 15. So, you know, I would agree with you. It's probably been in that time frame. Yeah. Um, have you, have you, uh, who are you, what's your training group out there? You got a coach right now, Mike, are you coaching yourself? I'm coaching myself. Um, 
when I started in the sport, I had a coach for a couple of years and then I wanted to just experiment and, and kind of see what I could do for myself, knowing my body well, knowing what kinds of uh, kind of training methods that I respond well to. Um, I do training with Canby on a lot of the weekends. Uh, he lives about 20, 30 minutes away from me. And so I do shoot ideas off of him. I'll put, I'll put together my like 12 week program, send it over to him. He'll give feedback. Um, and yeah, just kind of go from there. Not a bad guy to bounce shit off of, him, no. sure, you know, no. yeah. Uh, he's a, he's definitely a technician when it comes to everything that he does. You know, I, I need to get a hold of Nick. What the heck's he doing? Is, 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 did, did I miss it? Did he get his qualifier for this yet? Not yet. Not yet. I think he might be doing Jersey. I'm not sure if he's uh, okay. fully decided yet. He, he's more focused on ASM and OSG, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. I figured he was. I, I know, I, I know he's got a plan. He generally does. It, it would be, uh, it would break a lot of hearts if, uh, if Nick, uh, of course, didn't get into this clash on the coast. So I know we yeah. all went from there last year. And I think a lot of you 105ers still consider him the guy to take down off the top. So, of course, you want to see all the best there as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to be there, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree with you. Do you have a training group out there then, or do you generally just train by yourself? No, I just, I train by myself out of my garage. The the closest strongman, there's a few strongman gyms near me, but they're all about an hour away. There's one about an hour south. Titan Barbell is where I usually go up um, on the weekends, which is about an hour north. But, uh, but yeah, I've just, I've acquired um, a lot of equipment and just train out of my garage. Yeah, it's a tough thing to do, man. I'm, I'm churning for OSG by myself right now. And I was just saying it to a guy today in, in, in the facility that I train out of. Um, it's a lonely, lonely experience when you're training by yourself. It, you yeah. really have to be mentally dialed in to be able yeah. to get that effort, that 80, 90%, whatever you're trying to hit. Cause it's easy to talk yourself out of shit, man. Yeah. For me, it just, it, it comes down to uh, habit and adherence. I, I sit down in advance. I write write out my 12 week program and I mean, it's, it's always a habit for me to train in general, but then just knowing, okay, this is my plan. This I have to stick to it. These are the numbers I have to hit. And so it's just, it's kind of going through the motions, giving it my all, but going through, but just it, it has to happen. So, so I get through it. Yeah. Like this is my job to do, get in, get out, yeah. do, get in and get, do it, get the hell out kind of thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I'm noticing too. It's the best way to do it. Just, just don't think of the, you know, the time and who's around you, just put your head down and get the job done and leave. So yeah. Let, I'm going to backtrack for just a minute because you're a guy that kind of came into the sport really kind of off to the races. Uh, what was your, what's your background? Uh, was it any type of heavy lifting, powerlifting, Thailand games or anything? Um, no, I, I competed in bodybuilding, actually classic physique for, uh, let's see, from 2013 until 2017. Um, but my training style, I had more of a high intensity training style. So I used like DC training or, um, kind of training similar to Dorian Yates HIT style programming. And so it, it was a lot of high intensity, heavy lifting. So pretty much custom built for this 105 class and what you've walked into sort of. I mean, yeah, that stuff, that, yeah for sure. I would totally call DC training exactly. Well, I shouldn't say exactly, but a good amount of the programming that I do right now is kind of DC related that, that one, two heavy set kind of thing, yeah. warm up, warm up, or feet, what is DC like feeder, feeder, feeder. You know, yeah, kind of some, it's feeders and then like a rest pause, one all out rest pause set. Uh, yeah, yeah, very similar, right? To where, where you're training right now, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, it's, it's somewhat similar. I, I do with strongman training, I do incorporate more volume than I used to use. I was, I was more of a high frequency, low volume guy before. Now, depending on the movement, I do use higher volume if I'm trying to develop more skill proficiency in certain lifts. Um, yeah. 
but uh, but yeah, if for for strength, it's still still kind of the same principles. What about your, you know, I know I'm all over the place with this one with you today because I got so many questions. Sometimes it fills my head and I got to go, okay, I got to backtrack, backtrack. What about rest and recovery? Uh, More and more guys that I talk to out right now taking on this type of strongman program that you kind of just talked about, a little more higher intensity, a little more work volume. Where's that fall for you exactly and how are you keeping yourself together? Um, There's different facets. So one sleep is huge. Um, I'm in bed by around eight o'clock every night. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't find a need to, I don't need to stay up and I don't know, watch TV and play video games. I, I want to get my sleep. So I'm in, I, but we put our kids to bed around seven 30. We're in bed at like eight o'clock, um, and then get up around six 37. Um, so sleep wow. is one, uh, nutrition, um, being on, on point with nutrition is another big factor. And then just uh, other recovery modalities. So uh, deep tissue massage, uh, PT. I, I, I go to PT every every two weeks for cupping, dry needling, rehab uh, exercises. Um, I for In between PT sessions, I have my own app, like uh, cuppers that, uh, or cups that I can use at home. I have scraping tools, uh, mobility and, and, and stretching. Um, also, like every time I train, there's a lot of movement prep that incorporates injury prevention uh, type stuff into that as well. So it's, it's well, kind of you're, a lot you're of pretty things. detailed. Yeah, it sounds like you're real detailed. And I, I imagine a lot of this came. I mean, obviously, your nutrition came from your bodybuilding days. That's such an important facet to all this. And maybe more recently recognized by the strongman community because it was generally yeah. just whatever you wanted to eat and push heavy weight around. But yeah, and the sleep, of course. And it sounds like you know, that's one of the things that I see over and over again as well. I've generally asked somebody, well, how much you sleep? Well, five, six hours. That just doesn't get the job done when your CNS is being exposed like it is, I'm sure, almost right. on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah, sleep is huge. It, it's it's overlooked by a lot of people, I think. A lot of, I think we're getting away from it, but there was kind of that, there's kind of that mindset of like the grind and like getting up early and, and getting to the grind right. and, and, and not needing to sleep because you need to get to work. And, but I, I Really, sleep is the most important thing. Uh, it, it can't be overlooked. Yeah. What What is your split right now? Uh, my, my training split? Yeah. Um, so I usually, I split it up into, so it's four days a week, two upper sessions, two lower sessions. Um, one of the upper sessions is typically more dynamic speed focused and the other one's more uh, okay. intensity and strength. And then for my lower sessions, my first lower session during the week, is usually uh, either dynamic or kind of more, I guess, volume based. And then my second lower body session is usually my event training day where I do weighted carries or uh, stones. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, you're 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 moving that lower body event stuff in on that particular day. And I imagine you're just inserting whatever pressing movement might be coming up in uh, in your schedule for that particular event, kind of in your program and in your upper days, right? Yeah, yeah. For this program, um, leading into this contest, my my day one uh, is a pressing day, and I've been using the tsunami bar. Um, I've been oh, seeing great. a lot of carryover uh, from the tsunami bar in my, in my pressing, and then my second pressing day was uh, contest specific using the log. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. I, I got to get me one of those tsunami bars, man. I've been doing the old kettlebells dangling with bands off of it. And, yeah. and listen, it, it's crazy, but. Uh, I'm at Taylor going is training a uh, coach me right now for OSG. And uh, he's got me doing that for some mobility from behind the neck, you know, and 
I swear to God, I had 80. I that might have had a total 80 pounds on that when I first did it. And you would yeah. have thought it was 400, man. It was nuts. Yeah, so. those, those stability or that stability training with like tsunami bar or earthquake bar using the, the band bell or, or whatever it is, it, it's it's tough. It's humbling. You have to use a lot less weight at first. You know, and you and you wonder where it's been your whole life because once you start yeah. to get it and realize what it's doing for you, like shit, I wish I was on this like months ago or years ago. Yeah. So I love all this like intricate type of training stuff that we're seeing now. And it's not just, you know, it's not just move the implements for that given day. It's, it's basically breaking down the movement into several parts. Yeah. Uh, and I know Camby's real big on that. I watch a lot of his stuff and obviously you as a result probably are as well. Um, you tend you, I know you go kind of more dynamic, more, more rest pause kind of stuff on, on those, on those certain days back and forth, but do you find yourself breaking down that movement a bit more too, or does it just depend on what you feel like you need to work on the most? No, um, I, I do break the movements down. Um, like I said, I, with my like two lower body sessions, my second session is usually, uh, like moving events, um, uh, weighted carries, things like that. And so my first uh, session will be aspects that can carry over to that. So a lot of unilateral leg work, um, okay. uh, different things that I, I feel are going to carry over that, that I've found carry over through experimentation. And then I also break things down as far as uh, like when there's a medley, like the, this medley that's coming up where it's farmer's sandbag yoke. At the beginning of my training cycle, when it's the, the first block of, of the training cycle, I'm not going to train that that full medley all out. I'm going to train just farmers alone, just sandbag alone, just yoke alone, okay. work on that specific part of the medley. And then as I get closer to the contest, I start putting them together. Do you put them together more for transitioning? Because I, I, where yeah. we see a lot of these won and lost now, especially with the speed of your class, it's in that transition, it seems, on all these things. Yeah, for, for the transitions, but also just for getting used to um, the length. Uh, so, so it's going to be 150 feet. Of course, right. when I when I start a training cycle, if, if I'm training farmers, even though the, in the contest, the farmers part of it's only 50 feet, I was training 150, 200 foot runs, things like that. Um, gotcha. And then as the weight gets heavier, bringing that down and then starting to put things together. Um, but, uh, but yeah, transitions and then also just kind of getting used to the full, uh, the full experience. Would you, would you say then you're, you got a lot of contests coming up. You got the, obviously, uh, what you mentioned this one, of course, you're going to do the, the wuss show. And, and then of course, uh, you said ASM or OSG? O OSG. OSG. So yeah, you're, you really got a three month stretch here where you're seeing a lot of shows. Yeah. That's unusual, right? I mean, a lot of times we don't see guys in that kind of stretch, although this time of year, you, you almost see it, whether you like it or not. Um, do you generally though, if you had an op, if you had the perfect world is a 12 week program, something you would generally run off of to kind of get the full effect of all, implementing all that technique stuff with transitions and with, uh, overload and that kind of thing, or do you have a different kind of, uh, uh time, time space in mind? Yeah, I, I like a 12 week program, three, four week blocks, um, with a, a deload every fourth week. Uh, okay. okay. That's, that's what's optimal for me. Yeah, very similar to almost a I, I say powerlifting, right? Because it's generally a deload every fourth week. So you kind of give yourself that CNS break every fourth week as well. Yeah. 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 Cool. And during that during that deload week, not only am I deloading from heavy weights, but during that week I'll also increase my focus on conditioning. So I'll I'll do okay. a lot um, more kind of CrossFit style Metcon type workouts and things yeah. like that. And uh yeah. and use that time to focus on conditioning with kind of less stress overall on, on the like, muscles themselves. So you're one of these guys in Mike that generally with your, with your conditioning aspect of it, 
that comes and goes real quick. And a lot of guys don't identify that where they think they need to condition for the entire 12 weeks. You kind of throw that in to build it as needed. Uh, you know, cause as I guess, as we're finding out, I'm, you're a pretty smart guy when it comes to this, you're really holding, holding on to that conditioning for two or three weeks anyhow. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I always do at least one um, conditioning focus workout, kind of like a, whatever you want to call it, circus style or Metcon um, style uh, conditioning workout every Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, but then during my deload week, then I'll do two or three of those over the course. Of the gotcha. Week. And as you move closer to the contest, that might be, you might push that up a little bit rather than one a week, you might do a couple or still kind of stay along that same path. Um, I won't, it depends on the style. So uh, Metcons can kind of vary in, in style and they can take a lot out of you if you're, if you're going gotcha. too high intensity and can affect recovery. So I, I wouldn't necessarily increase the amount of high intensity cardio that I would do, but I would inc uh, increase the amount of zone two cardio. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's becoming kind of the next layer of everything we're seeing out there right now, especially with the speed of these events and the way they're moving, particularly like clash has kind of set the standard for that. This has become the topic of the dinner table now is how we're working in this cardio conditioning, where it needs to be worked in and interesting yeah, take. Yeah. And I, yeah, I appreciate you uh, talking about that. So give me uh give me just a breakdown of the show, man, one more time uh, for full send sports and all of our listeners out there. What are you looking forward to the most in this show? Uh, you know, any concerns, any, any uh, things that you're thinking about your, you know, outside that event you mentioned uh, that you're looking forward to doing and that being in the, uh, the, the, uh, what is it? The log medley or the, the ladder. Uh, give me kind of your take on clash and uh, what you're looking forward to and moving on from there. Yeah. I, I think it's a good set of events. Good set of events for me. Um, I'm looking forward to just coming home with a qualification. Honestly, uh, it's, uh, it's always fun to see all those guys too. It's going to be fun to compete. Um, but yeah, I just want to, I want to pick up that qualification. That's what I'm focused on right now. Um, once I grab that, then I'll come back and I'll, I'll get focused on, uh, the next job at hand here. Yeah. Which is two coming up pretty quick. And then you're thinking probably after, well, let's see you wuss is first and then you got uh OSG in November. So probably if everything goes according to Hoyle, your next show would be clash on the coast that I'm guessing. Right. After that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. take a, a, I would take a break after that. So OSG would be in November and I'd have December, January, February, uh, yeah, so about three three or so months off before I get into prep for Clash on the Coast. It's perfect. Sounds like you got your 12 weeks you've been looking for, Mike. It's right there. Yeah. Right there. Well, exactly. get out there get out there and take it, man. I, I have no doubt you're going to perform well this weekend and bearing some craziness uh, we're going to see on the podium, and then we'll get a chance to see you again, of course, next year at Clash on the Coast, which you deserve to be there. Uh, you're just one of those one-of-fivers everybody's talking about. I appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, thanks for joining me, Michael Connor. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, man. Thank you, man. Yep. Bye.